So it has taken me until about age 40 or so to really appreciate my grandparents. I was very blessed. Particularly with my father's parents who decided that they were committed to traveling with every single grandchild. They did this with each one of us when we were 12. I think because they could still pay the kids rate. <laughs> but we were old enough to get some of it or a lot of it. So I remember so well being very excited because my cousin Jody, who's only three months younger than I, we were going to be taken to Europe with my grandmother and grandfather. But my grandfather had one very specific piece of instruction for me and for Jody. This is what he said. This was back before rollerboards, you know, when you carried your suitcase. It was also back when you dressed up uh, to travel. And now it looks like everybody's going to bed. But back then, we would really dress up. It was a very important thing to fly. But my grandfather was very specific. He said, I want you to pack your suitcase very carefully. And then once it's packed, zip it up. And I want you to walk around an entire city block carrying your suitcase. And then I want you to put it back in your room and repack. It was very wise. I thought I wanted to bring all this stuff, you know, especially as a 12-year-old girl, this dress and those shoes and everything. So I stuffed my suitcase, and then I carried it all around the block and rethought all of that. There are certain ways in which the spiritual life is the exact opposite of the physical life. And one of the ways is, has to do with luggage. So in the physical world, as we grow older, we try to amass more stuff. We get a bigger house. We try to save up for a 401k. We build up a beautiful wardrobe of professional clothes. We try to have children and grandchildren. And generally, the more you have in your life, the better. You try to amass stuff and people and respect and money and property and whatever. And that's all good. It's a sign of your being here on this earth, having a real footprint, you know what I mean? But in the spiritual life, it's the exact opposite. What we really need to do in the life of the spirit is get rid of stuff. And I'm, I'm talking about physical things, getting rid of your stuff because you can't take it with you when you die. That's important. Giving away your money, that's important. But what I want to focus on today is the spiritual luggage that you pick up and drag around. You see, most people, when they're hurt or wounded, when they go through a trauma, they put it on. 
and we carry around the mistakes that we've made, all oh, the things we wish we had done differently, those ways where our life would have been so much better if we hadn't done it this way or that way and we hold it, or the way that someone wounded us, the resentment, the anger, the injustice of it all. Or you know what else we hold on to? We hold on to the tragedies of the world. Look at what's happening at the war in Ukraine. I don't know about you, but I watch the news and I take it on. I feel the suffering and I, I want to do something. But I feel immobilized, paralyzed by the burden of this pain. The word forgiveness in the Greek of the New Testament has nothing to do with condoning bad behavior. And it has nothing to do with forgetting or pretending that something didn't happen. All it is is putting it down, letting it go, drop your suitcase. It has to do with the fact that you cannot be fully alive and you cannot travel this life if you take everything on yourself as a burden. You will not be able to move or to serve God. Now Jesus tells us this beautiful parable today, which all of you, I hope, have heard before. We call it the prodigal, of the par the, the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, right? But that's a title that I don't know who gave it years and years ago. If I had to give it a title, Jesus didn't give his parables titles. He wanted us to figure that out, I guess. If I were to give the parable a title, I would call it the running father. Because for me, that's the pivotal moment. But so this son takes his wealth and he goes off and it says he squanders it in dissolute living. Or later, the elder brother will say he squandered it on prostitutes. So we could probably create a whole X-rated film about all the things this guy did. But the scripture doesn't seem to think that's important at all. The point is, he spent it all, he messed up, he did everything wrong, he hurt himself, he hurt other people, and he ended up with nothing, and he felt terrible, and he was working with pigs, which for a Jew is pretty much as low as you can get. And there's this moment where he realizes he's carrying the burdens of all of his mistakes. Something in him turns back home. He remembers his father and he says, Wait, I could say I'm sorry. I could go back and I could say to my father, Father, forgive me. I've sinned. I've, I've messed up. Just here, you can treat me like one of your servants. But it is possible for me to leave this and put it down 
and go home. So the young man starts on his way home, and I always imagine he's, you know, dragging his feet and hungry and tired and feeling terrible about himself and all the stuff he's done wrong and such shame. Oh, shame and guilt are heavy, aren't they? When his father sees him, the father runs to him with his arms open. And he embraces him. It's as if the father never cared about any of that. As soon as the son turned, which by the, wor- by the way, the word repentance just means turning, turning to God, turning away from yourself to God. As soon as this son turns and starts making his way home, the father runs to him. And holds him. I remember so well being a young mom, and when you have little kids, there's so much stuff that they have, you know? You have car seats, diaper bags, then you have all the stuff, the snacks that you need to keep all the time, plus disposable wipes. Then you have your own briefcase and laptop and whatever. So I remember one day I was getting home from work with my boys and they were getting out of their car seats and I've got groceries, diaper bag, briefcase, and um, I think it was Jake, little Jake with blonde hair, looks at me and, and holds up his sippy cup and says, here, mom, can you hold this? And I'm like, <laughs> and you get this resentment like, how in the world could I hold anything? Can you see? But when a child is little, they think their parents can hold everything. And I couldn't hold everything, but guess who can? God can hold everything. You can give God all your past mistakes, all your resentments. You can give God the crazy aunt that you hate, but nevertheless have to be nice to. You can give God the war in the Ukraine. You can give God all the things you wish you had done. And you can say, will you hold this for me? Please? And God can hold it all. It all and more. And not even feel burdened at all. I like to say our sin is a drop in the ocean of God's mercy. Our burdens are nothing for the divine, for the Holy One. They're nothing. Light as a feather. They're not ours to hold. We're not capable. When I was a child, I had a dog named Eleanor. She was a mutt, and she was very, very dumb. She was so dumb that my brother and I came up with this whole story about her. We decided that Eleanor started at college and she went backwards with her education. (laughs) She got dumber and dumber until she finally ended up in nursery school in the dumbbell school. That was what we called it, nursery school in the dumbbell school. 
Well, there's another way in which the spiritual life is opposite from the physical life. God doesn't want us to get stupider, but God does want us to become more like children again. In the physical life, we're supposed to be mature, we're supposed to be professional, we're supposed to act like we know what we're doing, right? We're supposed to be all capable and all knowledgeable and seem like we've got it all together even though we don't feel like it. We're supposed to put on a good face. Well, in the spiritual life, God wants you to do the opposite. God says, just admit you don't know what you're doing. It's okay. Come to me like a child. Come to me knowing that you don't know much. In fact, I believe the more we learn, the more we realize what we don't know, right? God wants us to come with an open heart, free, innocent, like a child. A child who's awake and aware and unburdened by life. That's what God wants all of your attention like a child who's fascinated with a new toy or a sunset when luke was four he was coming up to communion and he was wiggling a lot i saw him wiggling and i said i'm coming luke hold your horses he knelt down and held out his hands for communion and said mom mom yes i'm holding my horses So when you walk up to the Eucharist today, drop your luggage. Kneel down and hold out your horses. God runs to you, the running father. Says, let it go. You're my child. You've always been my child. Come home. Amen.